Moto Spot Show. What's up, everybody? We are back. Episode 10 is going live here. We are excited to bring you guys 10 episodes of Moto Talk. Um, it's been a really fun ride, and I can't thank everybody enough. Uh, huge shout out to our sponsor, Spot Network TV, um, Motion Pro, Works Connection, Scott Goggles. Man, we are really excited to have this show, and we are really excited to have our guests that we have. So huge thanks to everybody that's been on the show so far. Huge Again, huge thanks to Spot Network TV. They are the fastest-growing streaming service in the industry, action sports, fitness, and much more. So make sure to check those guys out and also be able to get our show on the Spot Network app. So again, thank you guys for checking out Moto Spot. We're here in Nashville. I'm your host, Triple J, Justin Jennings. And, dude, we got an action-packed show for you guys tonight. I'm excited. This guy's been in the industry for a long time. He's been a racer. He's been a mechanic. He's won a lights title in Arena Cross. Man, it's, he's been all over the world. So, welcome to the show. It's Tony Archer. What's up, man? How are you? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no worries, buddy. Um, it's been a really good show. So, or a really good time so far on this show. So, I'm excited to have you on and, and bring more insight to the industry and uh, kind of give people an inside look of what it's like to not only be a racer and then become a factory mechanic. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's definitely been a ride. So. Uh... It'll be cool to kind of like share all the uh, all the stuff that maybe people don't see or or know that goes on. You know, I mean, it's uh it's an industry where like a lot is seen, but there's also a lot that's pretty unknown. You know, so it's uh it'll be cool to share. Yeah, yeah. There's a few things that we're hush hush about, and a few things that don't go um to the to the spotlight, which is understandable. But we can definitely dive in and kind of get a little dabble of of a taste to the uh, to our listeners. And like I said before, we are. Uh, gonna try to dabble a little bit like i said there's some things that we have to be dance around but that's just the way of it is we're uh that's our sport unfortunately but for you like i said you grew up in maryland i, I assume right is that correct yeah i grew up about 15 minutes from bud creek so okay so that was the home race for you what was that like Cause like for me i grew up near hangtown and it's crazy how the pro national looks the way it does and then after the pro national it looks like a giant shit yeah it just does not look the same no man, honestly, it's the same exact way with uh, with Bud. They're not Bud's had good days and bad days, obviously. But man, yeah, you you do the national. It's a completely different track. So people are always like, "Oh, local guy, here we come." And I'm like, "Dude, I don't I don't ride it like this, you know." So it's uh, yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's always funny to to come in and they're like, "Oh, you should be like comfortable." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's yeah. way different." <laughs> You're like they prepped it deeper, they watered it more, they brought in topsoil, like it's not even the same. Well, I know that's how, I don't know if that's how it was for Buds, but that's how it was for Hangtown. Like they bring in truckloads of sawdust, flood it, till it super deep. So I don't know if it's yeah, like honestly, that for you guys too. For Buds, like they would every year, like it would get down to that hard pack base that we, we have normally. And then before the national did, like they dig out all the silt in the ponds and lay that on top of the track. And it's a really sandy surface. So it develops completely different. I mean, the layout's the same. So I, I had, I had that going for me, but yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was a completely different animal to ride it for the pro national than the amateur side. So, okay. Um, so speaking of the amateur side, like, you know, we all start off on P dubs and everything, but you raced and you became a mechanic, but what, what got you into racing? Was it family or like how, so like take us, give us a little dab of what, how the beginning started for you. Well, it started, uh, mainly just because we lived near Bud Creek and my dad took us to a national and he, he drag raced cars and, you know, did everything, motorcycle cars, everything growing up himself. And then took us to one of the races at Bud's and I just honestly was just like addicted. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world, you know? So yeah. I always, like, watched it and talked about it and, like, you know, I had to toy dirt bikes and crap. So one year, my dad just got his bikes, and, man, it was just 
just took off from there. Buds was right down the street, and it's you know it's a, it's a national national level track, and you know to have that nearby was was a big asset for us. And then we never really had any expectations of doing anything with it. And then you know we, you know how that goes though. We start with no expectations, and then it's yeah. like oh maybe we should just try for Loretta's. And then it's like oh man we we did it. You know we made it. And then we go to Loretta's, and maybe it doesn't go the best. You have one good result, and then it's like okay maybe next year we can actually like do better. So. It just you know big snowball effect there for you know what our what we wanted it to be and what it turned into honestly. Yeah, I went from having one bike to two bikes to four bikes, and then next thing you know, you're going to supercrosses and motocrosses out of a van, and then a fun mover, and it's like, okay, we just spend all this money. Where the time go? But you have the best yeah. experiences that you can ever imagine. Honestly, man, yeah, I wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, I still, you know, I, I catch myself all the time. Still, like, you know, I'm obviously not racing now, but. I always end up, oh, like when I raced, I did this, or when, you know, when I was here, I did this. And it's like, you know, it's hard to get out of that because there's like the memories that kind of made me into who I am now. You know, I'm just uh, super lucky to have all those times to look back on. Yeah. And speaking of times to look back on, like, you know, I've told the story for me how I got into the sport. And for you, do you feel going to these races and racing is what made you what you are today with your career? Or how'd you, how'd you build the relationships that got you where you are today? Oh man, it's crazy how how it works in this sport and in life in general. You know, um, totally. So growing up, my uh, I guess the background to, to everything is like I grew up working on cars. So what I did is I worked on stuff for a living. And when my dad got his bikes, he said, "Well, you got to ride them, you got to work on them." So I learned how to do it that way. And then, um, as far as on the racing side of things, man, it was just like you know I did really good locally, and you know all up and down the East Coast, I was decently well-known i guess i would say and okay. then uh i just honestly it just by chance almost with with gary from traders you know the, the traders you know racing team uh yep he just helped a lot of people locally and like you know when i was younger he didn't really like help me much because we didn't really like you know reach out and ask for help or anything but uh after my first couple years pro i was kind of like in a struggle spot the one year and he came to me and was like hey man i'm putting together a little something and all it was was uh Hey, I'll give you some money here, you know, on the weekends. And if I go to the race, I'll take you. But, you know, like, here's what I'm offering. And it wasn't a team. It wasn't anything. And then it was me and one other guy named Brock Schmelian. And uh, we were just going to the races. And, you know, just a little bit of stress off your shoulders goes a long way because I started to, like, perform a little bit better and do all that. So, yeah, it's just it's crazy how it worked out. You know, I would say, like I said, almost by, by chance, you know, it, it just was kind of lucky. Um, I was local and he was local. You know, he was a Maryland, Maryland-based team. and. I would say I probably didn't deserve the support I uh, I got at first, but I definitely tried to make the most of it. Yeah, and I think you know that kind of goes a long way. We've, we've talked about this show a lot. If you if you're just an up straight, honest person, like a lot, your relationships build, and I think a lot of people respect that. And you you kind of just make those those long term relationships and those almost like family bonds. Um, yeah, it looked like you guys kind of had a fun mover. You guys were on cowies, and then. Um, eventually became a bigger team and it looked like Kenny day came on board and he was on our show early, you know, earlier when we first started, but you know, that relationship seems like it's still going too. but talk about how it went from a private tier team to you guys getting a semi and then, you know, getting Rensland and then Rensland being a po- becoming a podium guy for traders. Like that's crazy. Yeah, honestly, man, the journey is, is pretty wild. So like I said, when it started out, it was just Gary, give me some money and take me to the races that he was just happened to be going to. So then the following year, it was kind of along the same lines. Like it was a little elevated from what it was, but that's when I went to do the arena cross thing for 2014 and okay. uh, 
uh, how Kenny came in the picture is I was doing the arena cross thing and I was just doing it with my dad. You know, me and him did the first round, second round, I think, me and him. And then uh, Kenny, actually, he was working as a steam fitter uh, for the Steam Fitters Union in D.C. And he had to have back surgery. So he got laid off. He had no job and everything. And I was just like, hey, I don't have much, but, like, I'll give you money every weekend to go with me. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of how, like, the involvement with traders started. And, like, I mean, Kenny... He didn't know how to do much on a bike besides like change oil into air filter, but you know, he was excited to learn. And so yeah. me, I knew how to do it all, you know? So as a rider, I was like, here, I'll, I'll teach you what I know. Obviously I didn't know everything, but I'll teach you what I know. And it turned Kenny into like my mechanic. And then with the involvement of traders, like he stepped up and like started like, you know, working with Gary directly, you know, along with, along with me at first. And then he just took over, man. He just, elevated the game and like gary was like i want to be more than what we are and kenny kind of helped orchestrate it all and <clears throat> for 2014 we just did the arena cross and some local supercross then we got the fun river did the pool outdoor series i think minus wash google and then uh dude it was just insanity but yeah we did the cowie thing and we weren't i don't think we were getting any like in-house cowie support um but kenny was my mechanic for 2014 and then nick Gaines mechanic for 15 plus team manager and everything yeah. and uh he definitely raise the bar for for the team and you know obviously at first i was like you know it was just uh here's like contacts from my sponsors give them a call and see if they want to help and then you know he, he kind of took over that side of things and then when you know as far as going to yamaha my last year with the team was 2016 you know i had a pretty rough year myself um injuries you know just lack yeah, of results you know right. that, that it didn't put it together you know there's no other way to put it but uh then they switched to yamaha for 17 with Rensland and they they had brought skip norfolk on and uh Skip, obviously, if anyone knows who Skip Norfolk is, he's a he's a legend, pretty legendary sport. guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's uh he, he's a he's a good dude to have around. He's extremely smart, man. Like too smart sometimes. You know how it is. Uh, yeah. But it was you know it pushed us forward, and they got Rensland because so in 2015 we stayed at Rensland's place in Florida at Dreamland, and okay. uh, that kind of I guess sparked a relationship. And he always kind of like, you know, said like, Oh yeah, traders, like, you know, sign me up guys. Like take, take me, I'm available. Or like, if, if, you know, even if he wasn't, he was just joking about it. And then I guess <laughs> that, that turned into actually joining, you know, eventually yeah. when, when I guess the, his current deal actually ran out. So, okay. um, yeah, man, it, it was a, it was a really good thing. And then obviously I quit twice, believe it or not. I, at the end of 2016, I, I quit the sport and I got a regular job and I was, okay in the shop welding and doing all that crap. And yeah, I went back racing with BWR in 17. So I wasn't involved with the traders thing in 17, but after that deal, I just kind of had to, had to figure out a more stable setup in life. And then, yeah, there I was wrenching, you know, for traders again, you know, back, back with traders in a different position. So yeah, it's crazy how things kind of go full circle um, a little bit. Like I know when I moved to Indiana, I used to see your guys' rigs at Westfield power sports and, I was like, dang, that's crazy. I didn't know Westfield like sponsored a team. And then now like I know Kenny and know you and it's like five years ago, like I was not too nervous to even come up and like say hi or say, Hey, I'm like the Fox rep or anything. Like and now like we all just it's like we all known each other for a long time. So it's pretty crazy how everything comes a little full circle in this sport. And like you said, it's you did the traders thing and then you took a break and now you're you were trader with traders and then now you've you've done your KTM and now the recent, most recent thing you're with um, FXR Chaparral with Michael Lindsay and Cody's, and you and Cody have known each other. I would imagine for a long, long time. Yeah, honestly, uh, with with Cody, it's funny because uh, 
he was, you know, quite a bit younger than I was growing up in, in the local area. And uh, he, he kind of like looked up to me, you know, because I was the guy around for a while in Maryland. And uh, it was funny. People always make comparisons because he was, you know, why the 85 kid, small. And that's kind of how I was. We kind of wore the same gear, had the same style on a bike. People always, you know, looked at him like, oh, yeah, like, you better watch out, Tony, because like when Cody comes up, like he's going to be the guy. And like, look at it now. It's exactly what happened. But little mini um, Tony. Yeah, at first it kind of was, man. It was funny how, how they would say it, but uh, it, it's crazy how it worked out because, like, when I was at, at Traders and we did the club merger, Cody was there and he wasn't on the team, but I was still, like, helping him work on his bikes and stuff, and I know he's just been, like, you know, all, every year he's, like, kind of jokes with me, but, like, you know, I think it's it's pretty, pretty real. He's like, yeah, man, I just wish you were my mechanic, you know, on one of these teams at one of these times, you know, and it's crazy how it worked out. And I think that was a big factor for me taking the deal with Michael. Cause I, I think I did have a couple of things on the table, but I knew Cody's potential is, is high, like really high. Um, yeah. So that was, that made it pretty easy to like, you know, make the choice. Like, yeah. If I can work with him, and like, you know, the reality of it is like for Cody, he, he doesn't have the money to afford a trainer and all that. So I, I write Cody's riding program. I write his training program. I go to the track with him every day. I work with him. I, I coach him on track and everything. And, He's a sponge, um, but I mean at the same time it makes it hard for me. But with someone like like him, I, it makes it pretty worth it because you know he listens and he's a, he's super appreciative, man. It's it's good to work with someone like him because he's grateful for for everything that everyone gives him and, and it shows. Yeah, that's kind of what we've talked about with with Kenny in the past too. Is just you you get some of these racers and you can kind of can separate the ones that are really appreciative and then the ones that are, are that expect it. And it just seems like you just want to help out the ones that are, are more appreciative, of course, in the long run. So I think that's going to bring Cody success in the long run. He's He could almost end up being you know a guy that starts off like this with a privateer program. But with the intelligence and with his Instagram following and his just love for dirt bikes, it could take him to be the next you know thing on a factory bike. You just, you just never know. Like you said, the, the potential is endless for that kid. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited to see how he does. You know, we've been working hard and. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I join them most of the time on all the workouts that I write them and everything. I mean, for one, I mean, I need to stay on it Same too shape, I mean, yeah. just for, for health reasons, you know, not even, I'm not, I'm not really planning on racing or anything. So, uh, but yeah, I think it, it helps him to just have someone that's like there all the time, you know, and I'm not just like pointing a finger and say, go do this, you know? So yeah. I think that goes a long ways. And obviously he's, he's, if I'm not around, he's self-disciplined enough to like just knock it out himself, you know? So. It's uh, it's it's gonna be a pretty good, pretty good deal, I think, this year. He's he's definitely putting in the work. No, that's awesome. So for you, you know, like I said, you were doing the traders thing, and then you got on with Factor KTM. How did you get from or Troy Lee KTM? So how did you go from traders to KTM? Was that just a relationship thing? Was that you knew somebody? Or how'd that all work out? Uh, so in 2019, we did the Club MX Traders Racing merger. Okay. And it was it was a good time and you know obviously I was I was kind of running the whole program there for for the most part. I mean obviously Skip was a big influence there, but I was uh I was doing all the motors, practice and race and I was doing, you know, obviously I had my own rider, but I was like almost in a crew chief role and you know development on the engine side. And it was it was pretty overwhelming and uh you know, I I had a, a contract for Supercross and then I knew they were going outdoors and I actually got a call Sunday at Las Vegas Supercross in 2019, and uh, it was a call from one of, or not even a call, it was a text from one of my buddies that you know Austin Kent that works at the the Rocky Mountain KTM team, and he said, "Hey, we might need someone for outdoors. Would you be interested?" And I said, "Yeah, I definitely am." 
and then I was kind of like a, a bit of a week week break, and then I got a call from Jr. there, and he told me like, hey, like we're gonna need you. This is you know what what it is, and you know you'll be going to wrench for Bogle for outdoors, and uh, yeah, man, it just kind of from there I worked for Bogle for the outdoors, and then at the end of outdoors of Rocky Mountain, obviously they're a two man team normally, and they made you know they made it work for Bogle in nineteen, but yeah, um, I was at Ironman, and like I, I just. You know, Michael Byrne was team manager for, for Rocky Mountain. I said, hey, like, is there, do you know anybody that's hiring? Like, I was just, I was searching. And uh, he told me TLD was. He walked me over there, talked with TK and Rich. Um, and, yeah, they were super excited about bringing me on for the reason, or for the purpose of helping Brian Moreau since I have a, a racing history and he was just a young kid that could be molded into something more, you know, with, with someone that had some experience. For sure. So worked out really well. Yeah, so that all happened. Iron Man comes and goes, and then you start testing with Brian, and then um, he's coming over from the states, living with Marvin. And you know, I know Marvin has uh, been with KTM for a long time, so you probably built a good relationship with those guys. And now Brock, who also lives, you drives the, the RV for Marvin. So that's again crazy how things kind of go full circle. Yeah, it really does, man. It's uh, it's pretty wild how these these things happen because, like, you know. Uh, I get involved in a situation and it's like, seems like everyone that I know is kind of the same way. And, uh, that's how it worked with me and Kenny. Like I, you know, obviously I left and left traders and, you know, not long after he left traders to go for Alpine stars and, uh, he moved to California and then not even three months later, I'm, I'm in California. It's like, wherever we go, it's like somehow these people I've had relationships with forever just all end up kind of in the same direction. That's awesome. That's what I think I love the most about our sport is just how everybody just creates that bond. And it's one of those things to where no matter where you go, you kind of see everybody. And it's, it's a very small industry, I should say, but it's uh, it's pretty crazy. No, it's, it's extremely small. I mean, it's it's a lot of people and a lot going on. But, yeah, there's no, no getting away from any of, of it at all. You know, you're with the same group of people for the most part. Obviously, more people come in, but. It's uh you know the same core group of people that have the the love and passion for it always stick around. So yeah, and that's kind of one of those reasons again why we started this show is just to bring insight to how you get into the industry. And you know, for you, it started with racing, and then it went into building relationships with uh, traders, and then you know it it just keeps on building and building. So for anybody that's listening to the show, just always look for opportunity. Don't be scared to take a chance on yourself and it all kind of pays off in the end. And, and you just never know where life's going to take you. And like I said, you guys are, you and Kenny both are from Maryland and Cody's from Maryland. And now you guys are in California and, and going for Supercross with your own, your own team pretty much. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's, it's come a long ways, you know, um, even just since I started wrenching from where I was then to now, it's just a huge change and just so much growth. And it's crazy to think like how long ago it started. Like my pro career started in 2010, you know? Um, and I'm, I mean, I'm 27 years old, but I was 16 when that happened, you know? Um, right. it was, it was a pretty wild, uh, it's pretty wild how the transition has gone, you know? So I'm, I'm definitely grateful for these opportunities though. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, it's it's one of those things where you just never know what's going to happen. So just make a relationship with everybody. You know, like you said, you did a good job at our Rocky Mountain. Michael Byrne noticed it and said, hey, TK, I got a guy for you. Because, you know, a lot of times with our sport, every, sometimes it's hard to get a referral or a reference. People kind of, you know, you get used and abused a little bit. So for you, you, you made a good opportunity at Rocky Mountain. And then that turned into working with TK and Troy Lee and Brian. And I think, again, like it says, it's just... Don't burn any bridges. Do what you're going to say and, and just be an honest an honest person and, and it helps go 
a long way in our sport, I think. No, honestly, it really does, man. The 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 idea behind like the not burning bridges that's that's a huge one, man. Because everyone you meet, you know, you never know when you know it's going to come back around. Like you just these opportunities, they don't come often. And, and I guess the hardest part is really just committing to them because you always, oh, I could have something better, but you just got to make you know make the best choice for the time, you know, at the time, and uh, and move forward with it. So I just got extremely lucky that. The people that I was working with, you know, trusted me. And, you know, obviously, like, I put a lot of, you know, heart and passion into what I do even now. So um, I think it helps in the long run for everybody if that's, you know, if that's how you approach everything. Just give it your all, you know, and uh, just be the best you can be. And it pays off with the people around you. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's one of the things where, for me, I, I wish I had a little bit more mentality on that on the fitness side. <laughs> but as far as my job goes, um, I'm always open to, to jumping on new opportunities, trying new things, going to new places, just because you just never know who you're going to meet or what, you know, for me, going back to opportunity, that's how you and I met. Like, I was in St. Louis Supercross. I texted Kenny. I'm like, hey, like, what are you doing? And he's, you guys were at that. I forgot that place is even called, but I felt sore for five days after we left that place. Um, city museum city museum yeah and i was like dude like it's it's stuff like that you just never know what's gonna you know what i mean it's just crazy like if i didn't go to st louis i would never met you i would have never met um who else uh there's a quite a few people that we met in st louis but man it's just crazy like our sport man it, it brings a lot of people together so let's talk a little bit about your time at um troy lee too like when I met you, you were getting ready to go into Supercross, your first Supercross season with Brian. Um, we kind of all know what happened in Tampa. Um, for you, when you had to transition from working with Brian to Pierce, what was that kind of like? You had to flip-flop your whole mentality. Um, what what was that like for you? I mean, it's one of those things where you, you were so excited to work with Brian, and then unfortunately he had the something happen to him, and you just had to flip. You couldn't, you know what I mean? You had to do, you had to do a job to do yeah, I mean, that's the tough part, man. Um, I spent a lot of time working with Brian one-on-one. Um, when he came here, he kind of didn't really have anyone. Obviously, uh, you know, Marvin and Mathilde took him in, and they were amazing, you know, just kind of gave up. I don't want to say gave up, but they welcomed him in with, like, open arms. and Like, they were, they treated him like a son, you know. And uh, when Brian came over, like, you know, working with me, like, he didn't have a license. He didn't have anything. So every day I'd scoop him up, you know, take him to the track. And then, uh, yeah, just straight up even on weekends like if marvin and matilda had obligations to go away like you know he was kind of stuck there and i'd just swoop in and pick him up and bring him to the house for the weekend and you know take him to the driving range or golf and bowling and i just you know it felt like he was like a little brother to me so and then obviously at the track a lot of time spent with him and just studying his body language and how he rides the bike and how how his emotions are and all that and you know everything you know there's a lot that goes into it and uh then obviously you know what happened to him was was devastating and then you know, to just go right from that with another rider. And, like, the tough part with Pierce is I knew Pierce, and I liked Pierce a lot. Um, he was hurt, and he wasn't, like, at the track all the time. So I only, you know, knew him a little bit, and then I had to work with him and just learn a whole new rider in a really short amount of time. So, yeah. But that being said, it, it wasn't that, that bad. Um, I missed Brian a lot uh, just because we were so close. And then I made a relationship with Pierce, and that kid, you know, same thing talent just oozes talent you know when he's on there's there's not many people that can touch him so um it was it was awesome to work with you know kids that are that talented you know i mean i race but i i don't think i was at their level obviously um those kids are are uh, are awesome on dirt bikes so yeah it was it was tough but i tried to make the best of it you know yeah and it kind of goes back to what we've talked about on the show quite a few times too just you got to adapt and kind of go with it and and, and 
and just put every foot forward every morning and lace up your shoes just like any other you know person and 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 hope for the best. So for Brian, I think he he understands you know the situation where you had to move on and work with Pierce and you know for what I see on social media, you guys are still really close. The thing that surprised me about Brian the most was like how good his English was pretty quick when he moved over here. It seemed like he he talked really well for not living over here his whole life. So I would assume that was pretty easy for you guys to communicate. Yeah, he was, he was, gosh, that kid, he's kind of mind blowing. You know, it's a couple languages, you know, uh, obviously French, Spanish, English, you know, and it, I mean, I, I always, he always like felt like, you know, self-conscious about like the whole French to English thing. I said, dude, I can't speak French. So like, you can, you're fine. Like yeah. you sound better speaking English than I do speaking French. So <laughs> yeah, you're like, if yeah. you can put a few words together, I'm good. I'll pick up the rest, but. From, and he tried to teach me, man, but it was just like him, him talking to a brick wall, you know? Yeah, it's like listening to Rosetta. You're like, you can only <laughs> short span. So, um, but for you moving forward, you know, like I said, you're the, now the crew chief over there at FXR Chaparral with Cody. And um, do you guys have another rider or is it just Cody? Yeah, we actually have uh, we have Carson Munford this year. So okay, with, cool. with the, the fall of Geico, you know, um, that was really unfortunate, obviously, but that left a lot of riders in the market. And uh, we have a really really competitive package on the bike this year i think and i mean obviously like cody and carson think so too but yeah carson test rode the bike and he was you know obviously i think was shopping around a little bit and after he rode the bike he's like wow this is uh this is actually really good so you know that's kind of what that's for the year so that's really exciting you know because he comes from a factory team and you know a, a lot of hype you know i don't say just hype but he was he's a talented rider you know the kid's fast and uh I think for this year with him and Cody working together because they ride together every day, um, they can feed off each other and it'll just make things better for us. Um, it, it's nice working with these kids because they, they literally are sponges. You know, they'll, they'll kind of try anything and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, you know, we move on to the next thing, but they are willing to, you know, do whatever they can to be better. Yeah. I think Carson will, will be really good for Cody, but Cody will be really, cause Co- Cody's got what, two super crosses or three super crosses now under his belt seasons. Um, no, not even full season. So okay. in 2019, he was just kind of like, you know, there at club with us and doing some supercross riding and ended up doing the final two races of the year just, you know, cause you know, he had the availability to get his bike there through, through traders, you know, we were helping him in that sense, just hauling his bike and everything. But, um, and then last year, I guess coming into 20, he was going to do his own thing on a 450 and then Michael signed him. Yep. And then it's really unfortunate, Cody, you know, obviously coming from a 450 back down to a 250 for, for Supercross was tough. And I, I wasn't there, unfortunately, but um, he ended up making a mistake in a rhythm and breaking both his wrists before the start of the season, you know? Oh, dang. So that was a rough, rough one for him. So he had to sit out quite a bit of time. And then by the time he was ready to go ride again, COVID hit. And then, you know, the, the races are canceled and everything else. And, uh, he finally got the opportunity to race in 2020 when we went to Salt Lake and he did the rounds there. And, uh, that's kind of like, you know, I think he's got hmm, six, six or seven races under his belt, which is, you know, a decent bit of experience. But I think this year having a full off season, you know, and then just with, with the good direction, you know, uh, he'll, he'll be really good. So, yeah, it seemed like Ralph would not leave Cody alone at Salt Lake. Like, (laughs) poor guy. I felt so bad for him. Um, Yeah, I always tell the story, man. I was I was sitting in the tunnel holding Pierce's bike, and I'm watching 
watching the B practice and Cody's out there and I see him go by and I'm watching like, dude, hey, Cody's ripping. I remember even talking to Pierce like, dude, Cody is he's moving. And then yeah, goes behind the berm. I can't see. I just see his boots in the air. Oh. <laughs> All right, <laughs> you're like Cody, Cody. <laughs> No, I mean, but, it's good for him. You know, it's only going to, like you said, for him to have a two-digit number and not even be a full season in, I think that's going to build his confidence. And now he has Carson. And then if, if he gets a train with Colin, too, Colin's park is on his way up, and he rips. So I think if they all work together, they can have a really good, solid training program and, and riding partners. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited for the year. It'll, it'll definitely be cool how it shakes up. Yeah, for sure. And and. Carson, is he bringing anybody on board with him? I know he's got a really good deal with Dubai, X Games Dubai over there, but is he is that a sponsor for him only, or is he gonna maybe have some guy have some help from X X Games Dubai? Um, I'm not sure on on that side of things, honestly, as far as his personal sponsors go. But I know like the sponsors for the team were pretty well set um, cool. when we got Carson. So uh, as far as his personal sponsors, I'm I'm not too sure on that but i'm sure he's got a couple that that would be cool like you know that was a room the big talk with with jet and hunter was they were going to have their own personal sponsors going to that the factory honda team you know jet got signed by red bull so i know carson's had that dubai the dubai deal for a long time through amateurs so that'd be cool to have him see if he can get another dubai helmet um in 2021 because it seemed like they had a really good partnership yeah, no, hopefully, man, that would be that would be cool for him, and that, it's definitely exposure for us, you know, because that's that's attention on him and attention on the team. So, yeah, that's kind of how I look at it too. Just more exposure for you guys, and and the more exposure you can get, the better. Um, that just brings in more sponsor dollars. Yep. Heck yeah. Um, so let's see here for your for your for your season and your prep. Um, what's the biggest thing for you that you guys go into going to season? Is it you know, getting suspension and motors, you guys doing motors in house, you have somebody doing your motors. What's, what's kind of like your off season look like for you? Uh, the off season is just getting organized, you know, with, with the COVID thing right now. Um, the tough part is, you know, the product's not available with a lot of the companies. And, uh, I mean, as a privateer team too, it's like things come together really late, you know, budgets and everything else. And then once we get everything together, then we still got to get the product. And then, you know, it's just it's just chasing everything down and getting everything together. We have some practice bikes together. Um, we have Chad over at XPR Motorsports. Uh, okay, he's, he's the one who does motor concepts a, too, right? Yep, yep, he does motor concepts. But he put together an amazing motor program, man. The motor's good. And then we're working with Enzo this year, and uh, we're on the KYB, you know, yeah, KYB suspension yep. on the Honda. Okay. So that's been a huge improvement. But, I mean, like, just the off-season is just, like, getting the guys on the track, getting the time in, and then – Obviously, as we're going, we're just testing, you know, testing what we can to try to make the bike better, try to make the guys better on the track, you know. Um, we've had the uh, opportunity, luckily, to, like, ride the Honda test track, you know, here and there whenever it's available. So, okay, um, yeah, man, it's just trying to get everything together and be fully prepared for the season. Like, I know today, you know, we had <laughs> we had to go, you know, we, we got our semi finally. And we had to go peel the old wrap off of it so we can get that ready for, like, a new wrap and then it'll come down to stock in the semi and everything. So it's just, it's a, it's a lot of, lot of small things that have to be, be done, but it just takes time because, you know, we're, we're relying on, you know, like companies and sponsors to get it all together, you know, as they can, you know, and with, yeah. with COVID obviously yeah, production's low compared to normal times. So it's tough on the companies and, you know, we just got to kind of be patient. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is, is the, like you said, the budgets and everybody, you know, there's rumors, corporate, 
people are stepping back and it's, you're going to have to try to find more outside stuff. But for you guys, you guys getting a, a little bit of support from Honda, you get more support than last year. How's, how's your Honda deal working? Are you guys on twenties or how's that all work? Yeah. The, the Honda deal actually is, is been stepped up a lot. Um, because I mean, Geico went down, unfortunately they're, they're kind of spreading out the support between us and the Phoenix, Phoenix, uh, Phoenix racing Honda team. Um, obviously we're West and Phoenix is East and then they have their factory supported side, but yeah, man, uh, it, it stepped up a lot this year. And that's why when, when Michael was, you know, talking to me and I was friends with him before, he was just like, look, I, I'm going to need you here. Cause I, I need someone who's had the experiences up at the factory teams and, uh, how they run things, how they organize the parts, how, how they like give you everything up. And, uh, yeah, it just worked out that, you know, I, I came on Honda stepped up support as far as like the parts budget and stuff. And I think we're, I think we're going to get a couple little, little things, but nothing too crazy on the bike. Um, Sweet. works parts wise. Um, I can imagine you guys getting clamps and stuff. Probably. I know that, that sometimes they can do clamps. I know people at Loretta's have got clamps before and stuff. So I imagine you guys kind of get some stuff like that. Ah uh, no, we run the X Drake just to oh, be have a relationship okay. with them. Okay. But yeah, I'm Rick's, more Rick's like, a good dude uh, over there. His stuff's sick. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really good stuff. So I think it's more along the lines of like maybe some brakes, okay, pegs, stuff like that. Just just cosmetic stuff, and uh, obviously the brake would be be awesome, you know. <laughs> but yeah, stop it I mean, there's some, some things like we're, we'll we're kind of like you know waiting on just to hear hear what we're getting available and whatnot. So no, that's um, cool that you guys yeah, will have support. support. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. It's uh yeah I'm just saying it's it's gonna be a lot lot better this year than what Michael got last year I believe so I'm excited for it for sure. Yeah, that's kind of gonna lead me into my next question is the the biggest difference that you've noticed budget wise from maybe you know KTM to even traders you know traders KTM and now this like it's pretty crazy how they just at the factory level just throw things away like they do not care. So what what's kind of been like that for you just you know using stuff more regularly than just tossing it you know kind of being more useful i should say on, on the parts yeah uh it was it was pretty crazy at ktm and like some things we did actually just you know run the life on you know i mean i did myself personally but the, if we wanted to replace them that much the availability was there so but i mean just on the liability side like you know week to week on the tld bike or the factory ktm um there were things that we replaced just because i said hey you know, we've had this break before. We don't want to take a chance of it breaking again, so just run it new every weekend, you know, for the race bikes. And yeah. obviously on the practice bikes, we'd run a little longer time on them. But, yeah, just, just like I said, just the safety side and just, you know, they – and the big thing was, like, you know, if something breaks during the race, like, hey, did you put a new one on? Like, yeah, I did, you know. So that was that was their thing. They just wanted to check it all off and make sure there was no, you know, okay – Maybe it was a product failure and not like, okay, not too much time on the single part. So there was a lot of things new on that side where they just, you know, were being on the safe side. Yeah, I mean, um, that's kind of the biggest thing for these privateer teams when you're trying to compete with these factory teams. It's like you just don't have the budgets to do so. And, and the biggest thing, too, is the time. Like, I know if, I can only imagine, like you said, you work today. You know what I mean? When you're on a factory team, you probably work some Sundays, but for the most part, it's probably a lot more work on a privateer team than it is a, a factory team. Oh yeah, definitely. Is. Um, I mean, we, we definitely wear a lot more hats on a privateer team than we do on a factory team. Um, and when I was traders, man, I, I built all the engines, uh, race and practice for every guy. Um, when, when we had the club traders merger. So 
there was that plus I had my own rider and like, you know, we didn't have during the week practice guys at the time. So I was doing all the practice, you know, wrenching for the guys. So it was really tough. Um, and like, obviously I went to the factory side and th- there's plenty of work to be done, but yeah, as far as like, you know, when it's not a race weekend, yeah, I, I wasn't working on the weekends. I can tell you that. So, um, <laughs> yeah. now it's, it's, it's pretty much a seven day a week thing. Um, you know, it's a grind, but I, I love it like this, man. Cause, it gives me something to kind of like look forward to or, you know, look to have stuff to do, you know? Um, yeah. It's kind of that thing where you're building involved. something. It's like, this is like yeah. almost like yours, even though Michael's a team owner, this is like something that you're really invested in. No, it really is, man. And I, I, I put a lot of passion into my work and with the, with this, you know, with the, with the team here, with, with Michael's team, uh, I have a lot more involvement on like, okay, the suspension settings and like what we do in the motor. Like I get a lot more information there where when I was a TLD, you know, they, they have like, you know, an engine department and then we work with WP and it's like, they have guys to come out and do that stuff. And all I really had to do was just build the bike, you know? So I didn't have to do any of the development, any of the testing on the suspension. Obviously I just swapped the components when we did the testing. So yeah, with this, yeah, I, I, I'm a lot more involved on, on the technical side with, with this team for sure. Yeah. I think that's going to almost just make your craft that much more, you know, moving forward to, to going, you know, you had the experience at traders and then you now have, you had the experience at KTM and now you're doing this with FXR Chaparral. So it's like you're almost checking boxes along the way and just building your resume to where who knows where you'll be, you know, another 10 years. You could be the next Carlos or, or Frankie, you know, Latham. Uh, how do you spell it? Latham? What's Frankie? Yeah, Latham. Yep. Latham. So, yeah, it's like those guys, you know, Dave Feeney. It's like those guys, man, it's crazy how long they've been doing it. It is, man. And I'll say this. When I joined Traders, um, Obviously, if traders would have kept going, I probably would have stayed there. Um, totally. Yep. So I told myself, though, I kind of set a goal. I said, I want to be on a factory team within three years. And I did it in a year and a half, which I thought was, was pretty awesome. But, you know, once I reached that goal, I started to kind of like look at where my priorities lie with as, as far as like me growing as a mechanic. I don't want to come to a standstill and plateau. You know, I want to I want to be better. I want to be better at what I do. And I want to make wherever I go better because I'm there. So with Michael, I think as soon as, as soon as I accepted the job, um, my expectations of what we have for bikes and what we use during the year and how things are done, um, pushed him to, you know, step his game up too. So, yeah, I mean, I wasn't trying to be like, Oh yeah, well I'm not going to join unless you do this. I just said, Hey man, I'll, I'll come on and we'll work together to make this better. So that's been huge. And he's, you know, obviously, he's never been on a on a race team. You know, directly, he's done a lot of media stuff. But um, last year, people were really critical of him because, like, you know, it's his first year team, and he was kind of <laughs> he was in deep. Yeah, he's kind sure. of almost and, like a uh, fish out of water, almost. Exactly. So it was a big learning year for him, and I think this year he's got a way better idea of like what needs to be done at what time and everything. And there's still some things that, just because of like the availability of parts and stuff with with some of the the companies um, that. You know, we're, we're, I wouldn't say behind on, but um, definitely waiting on. Uh, yeah. But we're, I, if, if he tells me stories about what it was last year to what it is this year, and it's already uh, a and much better of, yeah. situation for sure. And that's kind of with any job, you know what I mean? They always say it takes three years to build a business. The first year you learn, the second year you're getting a little better, and then the third year you're finally making money. So 
with Supercross teams, it's hard to make money, but just you take that three year mentality. So I'm ex- I'm assuming this year's going to go really good. You have amazing riders with Cody Carson and then Colin Park on the amateur side. So you're only going to learn those. Carson's going to give you feedback. Cody's going to give you feedback. Colin's going to show you more the you know a lot more feedback. So it's like your program can only go up from here. So I think you guys are making the right steps forward, and it's only going to your program is going to just get better and better every year. Especially now with Honda getting you know giving you the support. You're, you guys are also you know I know Michael and David Eller at Phoenix are pretty close, and Phoenix is a fairly new team too. So for you guys, it's it's going to be a really exciting year to see kind of what your riders can do. But I expect some top fives for sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that out of the question, man, honestly. I mean, it'll be tough. It's, it's a big task. It's, it's not an easy thing to do to go out there at top five of Supercross, man. So no, no, I, it's I not. I give a lot of respect to these guys for going out there and sending it the way they do. So I'm excited, man. Cody has made huge strides just in the time that I've been working with him. And Carson, right off rip, you know, was really fast. And he's making good progress. And it's uh, – it's going to be awesome, man. I'm, I'm excited for the year for sure. I know the, the schedule mix-up was a little weird, but I think we kind of got that all figured out now. Yeah, I saw an interview with Michael. He wasn't. I haven't listened to it yet, but I heard he wasn't too pumped on the schedule change. Um, you guys had to kind of redo your whole plan. Um, but again, I haven't listened to it, but that was going to kind of be my next question. Do you guys have a plan of who's going to ride east and west, or is both guys going to do the same coast? Or Can you talk about that? Yeah, uh, both guys are west. Um, okay. Like I said, with the the Honda deal, so the Phoenix team is the East Coast team, and like we're the West, so yep. uh, just that makes it really simple for the choice we make because we just have two guys. And we're, I think last year Michael had a few more guys, and that kind of made it even more overwhelming. So this year we're gonna we we slimmed it down a little bit, and we're just taking more of what the budget is and putting it into the bike, you know, making the bike better, and then making the program better overall. So yeah, I got to talk to David Eller, the owner of the Phoenix team at at Minios and he told me his roster for the next year and I'm really excited I think you know the Honda supported teams this year are going to be really strong and I think that's going to help you guys again in the long run it's going to prove to Honda like hey you can have your HRC team but we're also going to be really strong on the on the supported team and I think you're just going to see a lot of Hondas on the results when you go to at the end of the uh, broadcast yeah man I'm, I'm excited for it um, our bike is unbelievable this year i'm really happy with it so far and uh it can only get better you know what i mean like you said it can only go up from here i think last year you know michael didn't get everything together till like last minute so there wasn't really any testing or anything on the engine side so um i think yeah we're we're way ahead of the ball this year compared to where he was last year and i'm excited that i got to come in and uh and help him out and like kind of you know push him a little bit to go you know that direction and obviously michael's he's He's a smart dude. He knows a lot. I mean, he does a lot of talking to people and knows yeah. all the right people. And just, yeah, the, the amount of, you know, I would say knowledge he gains just from talking to people, you know, all the time because he was in the media side too for a while. It's pretty insane. So, like, if you talk to him about anything, it's like, oh, yeah, this is how that works. It's like, all right, man, yeah, you know then. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's one of those things to where he's super passionate. And when you're passionate like that, it, it makes it to where – it makes the day job a little easier because when you start losing that passion, that's when it's it's harder and harder every day to go to work. So for him, it's he's got the FCP, right? The factory chassis labs, or his the works cha- Which one's his? He's a uh, works chassis lab. Yeah, so he's got that, and then now the team. So it's like he's invested, and I think that's only when you're when you're investing your own money, you don't want to fail. And I think for him, that's the biggest thing is he wants to see not only his riders be successful, you be successful, but he wants to be successful at the end of the day too. So. 
like I said, in you know, in the past, it's he's only gonna be able to go up if he, if he keeps continuing to grow with you guys, and you guys keep building that that bond. And last year, it seemed like he was struggling with with some stuff with some riders, and I think now your guys' whole entre is really strong, and it's gonna be you know the weekends are gonna be a little bit more easier this year than what they were last year. Yeah, honestly, I think last year with with Michael's thing, like he was kind of on his own. Um, he didn't have the budget to have like an actual dedicated staff for the team. Uh, yep. So, I mean, from the outside looking in, there were people leaving, but it's just like, you know, there was no manpower there, I don't think. Um, so he did the best that he could. And I think, I mean, I don't want to speak for him, but I, in my eyes, I think maybe he was just a little burnt out because it was just like so much going on. And, uh, yeah, he's you know, team manager, mechanic, everything. Like he was doing a lot. Exactly. So there's, there's a lot, you know, to do on a race team. I mean, there, there's, I mean, you got to look at, like, look at the factory race team. Like, each guy, like, you know, there's a, a guy dedicated to suspension. There's a guy dedicated to motors. There's a guy dedicated, you know, a mechanic there to build the bike. And then, you know, when you have to wear all those hats, I mean, it gets to be a lot. And then when you have, you know, multiple riders, you know, three, three to four riders, you know, all, you know, I don't want to say, you know, needing more things. But, I mean, like, obviously, like, as a racer, you know, okay, my bike could be better here. What can we do? And it's like every one of them is saying the same thing. It's like for Michael, it's like, ah, I'm, I'm doing this and I can only do this so fast. And, you know. Everybody's scratching their head trying to, okay, if we do this, you know, it's like you can't you can't do a full day of testing where with the team you can almost do a full day of testing. For you guys, it's like, okay, let's go to the track and let's focus on this one thing. And then tomorrow we'll focus on this where it's like it seems like outside looking in, a team can – Say all right, we're going to change three linkages today, three shocks, maybe a few bars. Like, there's a lot more room for testing when you have a big a big team where it's when it's smaller budget like you guys. It's it's you have to stretch a lot more things out. Yeah, and that's the tough part. I mean, you got to kind of like pick your battles and like at, at a time. It's like okay, we're going to have to deal with it for like at least a week, and then we'll figure it out. But this year we've been really lucky. You know, right off the bat, the bike was extremely good and the guys were like i don't want to change anything and then we, we get a couple weeks in they start going a little faster and then obviously we change a couple little things but so far man the base package we've had has been unreal yeah i saw a video the other day of cody riding and he looked he looks like he's having fun he looks comfortable on the bike so and that goes back to what we've talked about before is like when you get a rider that's comfortable with his mechanic comfortable with his bike comfortable with his team the success is is only up to him and i feel like he's gonna have a good year same with carson i haven't seen much of carson riding but if everybody's comfortable and having fun who knows you know what can happen i think that's why a reason a lot of reason why husky has their success is they have a fun atmosphere and then everybody's just you know one big happy family over there so i think when you have that whole you know kind of scenery it helps it helps on the weekends yeah man confidence goes a long way it shows with any rider you know you've ever any rider you've ever seen like you know if they're confident they're they're out there getting it done if they they hit a little bit of a wall you know it's it's pretty obvious in their riding so yeah totally so let's talk a little bit about you for a quick second so we have what we call the scott sports usa subjects and uh scott goggles is the one of the best goggles in the industry they have the widest foam on the or widest lens on the market light sensitive lens thermoform foam check these guys out guys at your local wps dealer so huge thanks to scott goggles for uh being a part of this show again thank you to spot network tv works connection motion pro and bell ray so make sure to check all those guys out and uh go support your local dealer guys and get all your products for christmas from uh from those guys and thank you everybody for listening to the show but for this weekend we have a few for this show we have a few questions for you so 
We got Jake Isaac 16 asking, what's the best way to become a factory wrench? So I, I checked out Jake's Instagram and it looks like he's at that, uh, mo- that MX, uh, school, the mechanic school, uh, yeah. pro MX tech. So it looks like he's trying to get, you know, pro MX tech under his belt and looks like he wants to become a, a factory mechanic. So you have any advice for Jake Isaac? Yeah, honestly, it's just, uh, the biggest thing is to just, you know, the, the small details, attention to detail, you know, uh, I mean, you can work on a bike all day long, but when you look at like, okay, so what could, you know, you do one thing, it has, you know, effects farther down the road on different things. So uh, I'm trying to think of an example here, but it's just like the, the attention details, yeah, you a- know, looking ahead to see, okay, if I do this to the bike, what could be an issue? What, what could happen? You know, like the, all the what ifs, you know? Yeah, like if you're um, rebuilding a bike yeah. and you feel lazy, you don't safety wire a brake line because you felt lazy that day, that's that's not putting attention to detail. You should have safety wired that brake line. No, I, I agree. Yeah, that's that's it, man. It's, it's all about just like going the extra mile because, you know, the one thing I learned when I started wrenching, and, and Kenny and Skip both told me this, he said, if you think people aren't watching, man, you're wrong because everyone is watching everything. They see it. And I learned that as soon as, because when I came on, I just told myself, you know, I didn't know if anyone was going to take me seriously as a mechanic because I was a racer. So when I came on, I said, look, I'm just going to work harder than everybody else. And you can't be afraid to ask questions, you know, if you're, if you aren't sure, or even if you have your own way, you still ask questions to the people that have been around a while. Cause there's, there's a million different ways to do it. And maybe your way isn't the best. And you know, you can't be afraid to like put yourself out there and say, Hey, I want to know how you do it. And I want to learn, I want to be better. So you just never stop trying to be better. It's huge. Um, and that's true with anything in life. You know, if, if you become complacent, you know, you don't, you don't move forward. So that's the big thing, man. Just don't be afraid to ask questions, pay attention to the small details and then just try to grow. Yeah. That was a huge thing for me. Becoming a rep was like, you know, being, 26 years old and still trying to learn and being away from home. I moved, I moved all the way from California to Indiana and it's like, I thought I knew about selling and then I started working with guys that have been in the industry for a long time. And it's like, you learn real quick. You don't know shit. So, um, I'm agree with you a hundred percent or completely on that. We don't say a hundred percent on this show, but completely that you just, <laughs> you can't be afraid to ask questions. And even if you feel like you, you are correct, you still need to ask and, and just, you know, make sure that you're learning as as you go because your way is not always the right way, but at least you kind of, like you said, you can learn and, and maybe improve your way towards a little better. Yeah, no, when I, uh, when I started the wrenching thing, man, I, I was really fortunate to, you know, I got to work with one of the, the legends in, in the mechanic world, you know, Skip Norfolk. Uh, and honestly, that dude, he made my life a living hell. Uh, yeah, probably <laughs> just nitpicked at everything. Like <laughs> yeah, but, that was the same concept that I was worried about. Like, I don't want, I wanted to be taken seriously. And like, obviously I think at first he was like, what the hell? Like this kid was like, he rode the team that like I work for, you know? And it's like, why is he wrenching? But I think he saw pretty quickly that, you know, whatever I didn't know, I was willing to learn and like, you know, just kind of yeah. throw myself out there. Like, look, I'm willing to learn. I'll do anything to be better. So, um, it, it went a long way with him and he's honestly been a huge resource in, in my career. So he's, he's been awesome. Uh, and I, I respect that dude a million times over. He's, uh, he's been a, a huge help to me. So again, if you can find someone that, that knows it and you can ask the questions, 
yeah, you can you can kind of move forward in this, and it shows. Like I said, when you think someone's not watching, man, you're wrong. Someone someone is always watching, and if you do something wrong, or or you know if you do something right, you know people see it. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, one of those things where I had a you know a couple older mentors, and they always told me if I'm not picking on you, then that's when you know I don't like you or, or whatever. So I can imagine Skip's kind of the same way. He's an older guy that's been in the industry, so those guys like to uh, like to pick on us young bucks a little bit. Yeah, man. Me and Skip, we kind of we kind of butted heads at first, and like it was pretty crazy. Like I, it, I hate to say it, but it kind of almost came to blows. And then you know after that, me and him sat down, and we kind of worked through. Our, our differences and ever since then man he's been a huge supporter of mine and you know I, honestly like he pushed me to be where i am now as a mechanic you know so totally. i was uh again yeah same thing man just got to have good people in your corner yeah so there you go jake isaac 16 just you know don't burn any bridges always have attention to detail and uh just you know do what you feel is right and, and be honest so the next one for you is from uh ceo 600 i feel like we both know this guy he's one of the tallest and one of the tallest guys on the gate. Um, <laughs> he says, uh, underhand or overhand. So I feel like there's a story behind this. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about it on the air or not. Honestly, man, I think I saw that comment. I'm not sure what he means. I, I need to call him and, and ask him because I'm, I'm wondering too. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. If I had the ability to call, I would call him, but I'm only allowed to have one person <laughs> on the line. So I got, yeah. I got a janky, I got a janky radio show, but we'll get there one day. We'll be able to add two people one of these days. We're starting oh, off yeah. small. Small. We're we're a private tier podcast over here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, all right. So Connor, you're out. Um, Tiller three three two. What's the single best lesson you have learned from your career? All right. So I think I kind of have two answers to this. You know, one on the riding side and one on the wrenching side. So on the riding side, man, just don't take it for granted. That's the biggest lesson I learned. You know, I think there was a point where. In the beginning, I kind of was like, oh, why am I not like on this and that? Like, I wanted more. And then it was almost taken away from me before I got the traders thing. And, uh, you know, I just felt like it just went by so quick, you know. Uh, and obviously, when I had to officially retire, I was just like, man, I feel like it hasn't been that long. But I had a decently long career and everything. But, yeah, you just appreciate every moment. And uh, you just never know when it's going to be your your last race, man. And I didn't know my last race was going to be my last race. I thought I was, you know, I had another couple of years in me, but you know, real life hits, and you know, you just got to appreciate all those moments. And then uh, I'd say on the wrenching side, man, uh, I already said it in the last question: don't burn bridges. You know, yeah. um, it's a small industry, so if if you meet people, you know, you want to try to make the best impression possible, and then put your best best work out there. Um, and then again, just just don't burn that bridge. <laughs> yeah for sure make sure everyone you meet could, could possibly be a resource and you know you don't want to look at people as a resource you want to look at them as, as people as friends you know but at the end of the day like you know, the more people you know the more people you know you respect and you know put good vibes out to them you know uh the more they're gonna like you know want to help you good about yeah. you yep. else. no for sure it's uh you know it's one of those things to where i feel like if you kind of just like you said don't take things for granted. Like you, with this whole skip thing, you know, we've talked about it a few times on the show, but with the skip thing, you, you probably at the first, whatever, how long have you guys worked together? The first part of it, you're probably like, dude, this guy, I'm fuck this guy. But then now you're like, holy <laughs> shit, I'm super thankful to have that dude in my life. Honestly, man. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly where it was, man. It was, I was like, man, why does this guy like not want me here? You know, I just didn't understand it. And I was like, you know what? Like I almost like part of the reason I worked so hard was just to, you know, show him like, you know, Hey, I can do this. Like, 
Yeah. I know you think I can't, but I can do it, and I can do it better than anyone else that's around right now. Like, I hated to have that cocky attitude, but that's what I had to keep telling myself to, like, push myself to, to work hard, you know? And I, I feel like I, I outworked the people around me, and then just, you know, I don't want to say better work, but I just, I just put in more hours, and I just, you know, went the extra mile, and that goes a long way, I think. Yeah, so that kind of probes me for a question that I didn't have for you, but that kind of made me think of something. So with that kind of mentality, do you try to put that insight into Cody and say, dude, like, if I can do it, you can do it. Like, you need to start going to the line and thinking you're the best damn dude here. Or, you know, how for a mechanic, what kind of pressure do you put on your riders or what kind of um, talks do you have? Like, you know, you have to kind of walk that line. Like, even, you know, Damon last weekend mentioned it. Like, if he gave Dean some like negative feedback. It almost affected Dean than if he would have just kept his mouth shut. So for you, what's kind of like, what's your, what's your strategy with your riders? Well, with Cody, I I don't want to say it's easy, but like we're good friends. Like we've been good friends for a long time. So, and you know, like I said, he looked up to me racing. So with me, I just, I don't put any negative out there, man. I I try to keep it positive at all times. You know, when we're out there, you know, keep, keep the mood light, but when it's time to work, it's time to work. And he, he realizes that. And, uh, obviously I think the hardest part at first was, you know, obviously, like I said, I'm kind of like his, you know, riding coach trainer, all of the above type of type of situation in, in this, this, you know, spot I'm in now. Yep. So I think it was like, every time he pulled off the track, I was just like, Hey, do this, do this, do this, do this better. Or like change this. And like, I think he was like, man, what do I even do? Right. Like, it's just, it's a fine line between like constructive criticism and like just picking them apart and making them feel like, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, yeah. So that was, that was the hard part for me uh, at first. And I did the same thing with Brian. Like, I felt like every time he pulled off, I was just like, hey, do this better. But I never gave him, like, praise. I'm like, oh, you're doing this awesome. It was always like, oh, this is good, but you can do this better type of deal. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I meant, yeah, too. I didn't mean to be – not the word negative was the wrong word, but I like what you said, constructive criticism. That's what kind of what I meant to say about what Damon – not not be negative, but like you said, like, he knows he needs to do that step on, step off instead of quadding it. And you're like, you want to tell him that, but then you're like, okay, I'll just keep my mouth shut. He already knows he's doing it wrong, but like, you know, like you just said, so you kind of nailed it right on the head. And so my bad on that. I didn't mean to say the word negative. My apologies. Oh, no, no worries, man. Yeah. I mean, that's just it though. I mean, the relationship between rider and mechanic goes a long way. Cause like, say like he hasn't thought of something and I tell him, Hey, you can do this. You know, he, he needs to trust that, you know, he really can, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at him and I'm like, yeah, you definitely can. And, you know, with Cody, he's no, he knows I've, I've, I've been there. I've, I've raced. Obviously I want him to go way farther than I ever was, but, um, yeah, I've, I've done it and I know what's possible and what's not. And I'm just like, look, man, you can do this. So he just needs to know that, you know, he can trust me, you know, that I'm not going to lead him in the wrong direction, you know, because yeah. As a rider, you you want reassurance in a lot of ways, especially from the people that you're with the most. Yeah, like you said, it goes back to confidence. If if these guys have confidence, it's the sky's the limit. So I think yep. as a mechanic, that's your that's your job. I think at the far the the far front is just instilling the confidence in these riders and making them feel like they're they're the best guy on the gate. Yeah, definitely. So for for 2021, what's uh what's a week look like for you? Like actually, 2020 is not here yet, but when you guys did the Saturday rounds and the Tuesday rounds kind of as a mechanic, what's that, that level like? Is it stressful? Is it a little easier? What's what, you know, no triple crowns this year. So kind of what's take us through like a week for you and, you know, it could be a race week or whatever, but how, uh, how's your work weekly week look like when that's those back to back rounds and is it super stressful or is it kind of easier? Um, it depends, man. Um, 
obviously on TLD, like we weren't required to frame our bikes between each round, uh, unless it was like a mud race or a rain race, which unfortunately for me it was, but it was, it was a little bit of a grind, but honestly, I, I liked the layout for this year. Um, because I mean, we'll, we'll have a couple races in a row. We go there, we knock out a couple and then we have a little bit of time off to kind of recoup. And I, I like the way it is, you know, it on, honestly almost is more of a grind when it's just, you know, every Saturday. Cause I mean, for a Saturday race, you fly out Thursday, you know, and then you, you set up Friday, do tech, do everything else, race Saturday, stay, rebuild the bike on Sunday. And then, you know, if you're lucky, you fly home Sunday night. Most of the time you fly home Monday morning, you're back midday, Monday. You know, you do Tuesday, Wednesday, and then you're back on a plane on Thursday. So it's not a whole lot of downtime. But yeah. with this schedule, man, it's going to be it's going to be good because, you know, we can fly there, you know, set up, knock out a race, you know, build the bike, chill, knock out another race, you know, kind of go along that pattern. And then uh, you go home, you have a little bit of time at home, you know, a couple of weeks. I don't know. I, I can't remember exactly how the schedule goes. But yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it's you like a week or two, yeah. Like, yeah, if you're with the rider, you know, you have more time to go to the track with the rider, work on things that maybe you were lacking on on the weekend. Whereas, you know, when I, you know, last year, I only had Tuesday, Wednesday. And, like, their riding schedule was, like, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. And, like, so you have Wednesday only to go to the track with the rider. So you kind of don't get to spend as much time with them as you would like, you know, at the track and everything. So For sure. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense to where it's, like, I think, again, you're going to be able to build. You already have the relationship with Cody, but now even – now you'll be able to have a relationship with Carson a little better and you know, a little your relationship with Michael. So you guys are going to, as a team, your guys' team bond will get really strong um, with these races being closer. I feel like. Yeah, it'll, it'll be good, man. Cause I mean, the smart way to do it is obviously like Airbnbs and stuff. So we'll all be in the house together and like, we'll just get closer. You know, we'll have, have a lot of time spent together. So I'm pretty excited for the year, man. It's, I, I always, I'm always Jones and you know, we're not racing to be back at the races. So yeah, it'll, it'll be cool. I think this schedule could help grow the sport a little bit too because Tuesday nights, you know, it's one of those things where if we get good primetime TV, a lot of people are going to be look, searching through the channels looking for something to watch. And if Supercross pops on, we might be able to ca- capture some new fans. So I think the Tuesday, I'm excited for Tuesdays this year for sure. Honestly, man, yeah. I mean, what, what do we have to lose at this point? You know, I mean, we could exactly. either get better or worse. But yep. I mean, I'm excited for it. Yeah, we can only go up from here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so for you, You've traveled. Is do you have a favorite stadium? Because I know like some of these stadiums, dude. It's freaking miserable. Like San Diego is a walk. Um, what other one? Uh, Atlanta is a hike. Well, Atlanta this year is at the Motor Speedway. But do you have a favorite or a non-favorite stadium as a mechanic? Man, <laughs> we met at St. Louis. St. Louis is my my favorite round, and there's a lot of reasons for it. One, City Museum is awesome. God, I mean, like thing, <laughs> I still got bruises thing, but, from that place. Yeah. You go to a you go to a city where you actually have a lot of fun at, so that was cool. And then obviously at St. Louis, I have a really good history. Like myself racing there, I always you know ended up doing really well there. And the soil was amazing. And I don't know, I just have a lot of good memories of St. Louis. That's one of my favorites. And I think a close second is Indy. Same thing, you know. Uh, I did well in my career there, and then you know my my first year as a mechanic, I got my first ever podium as a mechanic with Luke, and that was unbelievable, man. So. Just the history of those places more than the actual place, I guess I would say, um, does it for me. Uh, totally. I can't really say I, I don't have any that I, I don't have any that I don't like. I think uh, some have their pros and cons, obviously, but yeah, yeah, those two are definitely my favorite. Yeah, it'll be cool to go to. We're going to a few new ones, you know, Orlando, um, and then the Motor Speedway. So it'll be kind of cool to check those out and and see what they what they bring. But 
I'm excited, man. It's going to be a good year. Um, well, Tony, before I let you go, is, this was really fun, man. Like, again, I can't thank you enough for, for making the time, but um, anything else you want to say or th- anybody you want to thank before I let you go? Uh, yeah, man. Well, first off, I want to thank you for having me on. It's been a good time. It's pretty cool. I've never, I've never done a podcast before. So yeah. When you said, yeah, I was like, uh, all right, cool. Like, you know, cause it's like, like I said, we've only met this year, so we're still, uh, we're still building, but I'm excited. Like I, like I said, we have mutual friends and I feel like I've known you for a long time, but it's one of those things to where you're helping me and I really appreciate it. Yeah, man, of course. Yeah. It's been a good time. I, I, I appreciate it. It's like I said, I've never done one kind of cool to finally do one you know and to talk about some things that like you know maybe people don't know or have never you know seen maybe uh but yeah it's it's been awesome and i i just want to say thanks for having me on and thanks for michael for giving me a chance to work for him and just all the people that i'm around dude i just uh i'm super appreciative of the situation i'm in yeah like i said i think for you you took a big leap going uh going over to fxr chaparral with michael and with cody but like you said when you when you have that trust in somebody and and that belief the sky's the limit so i think you guys you and cody are gonna have a great year and i'm excited to see what michael has with with the future of the team bringing on carson and it's gonna be a good year like i said uh, wait 2020 can't get much worse so um 21 i'm expecting uh big things for the for the team over there yeah, man. Hopefully, twenty one is a lot better. I know, like you said, twenty twenty can't really get much worse. But hopefully, hopefully twenty one, we can just be on the up and up for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be good for sure. So, let's have a good year. And again, I can't thank you enough. And a huge thanks to our sponsors: Spot Network TV, Motion Pro, Works Connection, Bell Ray, and of course Scott Goggles. Um, we're uh, you know very thankful for those guys, and we're very thankful to have this show. Um, so again, guys, episode ten of the Moto Spot Show with Tony Archer. Um, again, Tony, man, thank you again. This was this was really fun. So thank you so much. Yeah, man, thank you. Yeah, of course. Have a great night, and then uh, we'll see you hopefully in Houston. Yeah, man, see you there. Have a good one. Have a good one, buddy.